welcome to the Nerd Party. Maximum warp. Punch it. Punch it! Punch it, Bishop! Punch it. Punch that shit! Let's punch it. I met a traveler from an antique land who said, Two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert. Near them, on the sand, half sunk, a shattered visage lies, whose frown and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command tell that its sculptor well those passions read, which yet survive, stamped on these lifeless things. The hand that mocked them and the heart that fed and on the pedestal these words appear. My name is Ozymandias, King of Kings. Look on my works, ye mighty and despair. Nothing beside remains, round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare. The lone and level sands stretch far away. Hello, I'm Tristan Riddell, and this is episode 13 of Punch It, and with me as always is... Charlene Schmidt. Now, some of you might be wondering, what on earth was that? (laughs) (laughs) What did I just hear? (laughs) That was a reading done by me of a poem called Ozymandias by uh, Percy Shelley, uh, who is one of my favorite poets. And uh, the reason why I did that is because... A couple of weeks ago, one of our sister shows, Great Shot Kid, which you can find on thenerdparty.com, did a commentary on the Breaking Bad episode, Ozymandias, and when they told me that they were doing that, I had already made this reading for Punch It, because uh, it's one of my favorite poems, and Brian Cranston did a reading of that poem, and so I did, I did a reading in the vein of... I, I basically did a Brian Cranston impression, but like it was done by me. <laughs> yes, that's what I got out of it. <laughs> so I just basically wanted to promote Great Shot Kid because everybody should check it out. TheNerdParty.com. Check out Great Shot Kid. It's a really great episode and it's a really great show. Everybody should listen to it. It's a, it's a fantastic Star Wars podcast where they look at the non-Star Wars works of Star Wars creators. Right. And just for the record, sometime on this show, we ought to do something related to Breaking Bad, aside from a great dramatic reading. I mean, if you were shooting for going in the vein of Brian Cranston, because you shared that link with me that where I heard Brian Cranston narrate it. Yeah, you were right on point. That was beautiful. <laughs> well, thank you very, very much. Yeah, I, I really like Shelley's stuff. And I just he, he's one of those he's one of those poets that was not appreciated during his time. And he died at 29 years old. Oh, man. The guy was married to Mary Shelley. Okay, he was friends <laughs> with Lord Byron. How freaking cool is that? That's pretty freaking cool. You know, he he wrote Queen Mab, an ode to the West Wind. I mean, I just, oh, it's just at 29, like I'm a year older than him. And I'm talking about the, him and the guy died in the 1800s. You know, it's just... It, it it's I know that this is a writing podcast in pop culture, but it's just so cool to think about that where this this extremely young individual, he wrote something in the 1800s and you and I 
are talking about it in a digital medium while we're in two different locations in 2017 on a podcast. It's just so insane. <laughs> yay technology and yay for the resonance of literature. Because really, the more that time goes by, the more that things tend to get forgotten in the past. I don't know. Would you agree with that statement? I, I, think it, it, I think that can be true, but I also think that sometimes the opposite can be true, where things are cyclical, where they become more and more relevant as time goes on, and we sometimes rediscover certain things, like, uh, like uh, the, the, the play Hamilton. Oh, right. Uh, you know, even though it's not like word for word accurate, <laughs> you know, like it's, it's a, it's a yeah, hip hop right, interpretation, right. Uh, but that introduced a huge section of her history to a young generation who might not have been interested in it otherwise. Right, absolutely. And yes, that is a very good point. Things do kind of cycle through and then something else comes up and then another and another and we just go through these phases. Uh, but what we are talking about today, we ought to start the show. We're going to be... Uh, <laughs> I mean, if we if we feel the need to... I mean, I don't know, I guess. <laughs> and I suppose we shall... Let's, we're going to be talking today about what we are reading and what sort of media we're consuming. And the reason why I want to bring up the topic, first off, to establish it, but then also because this cyclical nature of things has to do with something that I am reading. And so should I just kick us off? Go for it. Go right into it. All right. So in light of things that are happening in our world, I, for the first time, am reading George Orwell's 1984 no, I did not have to read it in high school or college. I'm reading it now. I've, I've just barely oh started to dig into it, but I, you know, I dig it. And at the same time, I find it incredibly scary because of parallels of things that are happening right now. I, I'm glad that you're reading it. But at the, and, and when I'm rolling my eyes right now, I'm not rolling my eyes at you. Okay. It's, it's, the reason why I'm rolling my eyes is because... So many people, especially right now, are referencing that book, and they've never read it. And <laughs> they have yeah. no idea what they're talking about. They have no idea what connections they're making. And sometimes they're making the wrong connections. And yeah, it's pissing yeah. me off because it's a great book with a great message. And I hate it when you you have stupid people referencing it, and they're doing it incorrectly and thus hurting their cause in the long run. <laughs> and so I'm glad that you're reading it because it's a great book and everybody should read it because it's a very interesting and classic read. But at the same time, I know that the only reason why you're reading it is because everybody's talking about it online and it's just kind of like, Ugh. no, that has nothing to do with it. And I, the hundreds of memes that you and I have both been seeing plastered all over the internet, that actually does not have anything to do with it. I've been meaning to read this for a long freaking time. I read animal farm not terribly long ago, sort of as a primer, also by George Orwell. And then I was planning on delving into 1984 and got sidetracked by other books. But the, I don't know, there's a certain urgency where on Amazon, 1984 right now is one of the best-selling books. <laughs> so, so I figure if there's a better time, I don't know when it is besides now so i'm just doing this thing that's been long overdue well i apologize then i should give you more credit i, I i'm sorry <laughs> thank you thank you retracted so what are you thinking so far well uh you know I, i'm only about a chapter and a half in so the whole thing about 
basically the society, the, like, you know, the big buildings, the truth, the love, uh, that, oh my gosh, I could see this happening in the future. That alone is scary. All of the control happening. Mm-hmm. That is sort of a massive extension of what is already sort of seeming to happen. And that's very scary. It just seems like a progression of it. You know, if things get that tight under lock and key, I could see that being a part of our world. Well, a lot of, like, it's one of those books where it'll stick around and it'll it'll stick around for a long time, if not forever, because a lot of it is prophetic. And I feel like it's one of those things where, let me let me rephrase it this way. the In the Christian community, mm-hmm. every single generation has thought that it's the generation that's going to be the last generation. They, they, they think that they are going to be the ones to experience the end times. Apocalypse as in Jesus coming back. Uh-huh. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I feel like uh, in American history, every new president makes people think oh this is the this is the time like this we're in george orwell's 1984 and i feel like it's it's kind of like boy who cries wolf syndrome because 1984 has been so overused to say this is happening this is going on it's kind of like we're calling every bad guy hitler it's like Mm. every every single politician that we don't agree with we call hitler and so when we actually get somebody who qualifies for <laughs> for those characteristics it's the boy who cries wolf where it's just like like people say it and if you agree with it you do and if you don't you say oh well people have been saying that for for decades yeah yeah people just kind of brush it off like this is just another day guys yeah and, it's, it, and if we want to take it into pop culture geek terms yeah it's kind of like skynet from Terminator, yeah. every advancement in technology, people go, Skynet is upon us. <laughs> Skynet is here. It's like, true. Like, oh my God. Like, seriously, people you overuse it. And so I'm not yelling at you and I'm not irritated with you <laughs> just because you're reading the book. I'm, ju- I'm irritated with people who overuse Skynet, who overuse Hitler and overuse 1984. And uh, we're hitting two of those three right now really hard. <laughs> It's true. It's true. 1984 has definitely been in my Twitter timeline way more than uh, probably, oh, I don't know, the last seven and a half years previous to the last six weeks combined. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it is a great piece of literature. And if you have not read it, I do highly recommend it because I do not remember the exact year that Orwell wrote this, but this was way before 1984. You know, it's not (laughs) titled for that reason. I mean, he was yeah. kind of projecting into the future, is what I'm saying. It came out in 49. Thank you. So, yeah. yeah. Everyone should check it out. Like, whether or not it's in the public eye, it, it should be read, because it's a, it's a great story. And if you're in the mood for something in that same vein that was released around the same time, actually, everyone should check out Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. I really yeah. like that book. It's I really like dystopian fiction. And I read this in school, and I've read it a couple of times since, and I, I just think it's it's one of those novels that is always, even if it's not applicable in in a current situation, it's one of those books where you're just like, we should stay vigilant because this could happen one day. Yes, absolutely. And I 
absolutely agree. That's a fantastic recommendation. I did not have to read Fahrenheit 451 in high school, but I did anyway, just because I like Bradbury. And yeah. I, oh, Bradbury's that's another awesome. one I need to bring out again. I'm going to reread yeah. that maybe after 1984. Maybe you should. I think maybe you should. I will. Maybe I will. All right. So what are you reading right now? Well, I am actually juggling way too many things right now, which is kind of my lot in life, my lot in my <laughs> literary life. Um, you know, what? I'm not going to tell you the first thing, but I am going to give you a clue. Actually, I should say the girl is going to give you a clue. Although this spot couldn't be any tighter, it's a cozy room for my favorite writer. After school meeting, don't mind if I do. Maybe I'll teach you a thing or two. So, can you guess what it is? I am guessing that this is the audiobook version of Gone Girl? Uh, that's a, uh, no, that's the girl. That's, that's my, my girl. Oh, that's... it's, it's really is her reading it? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, okay, dang. I was going to say, you listen to Nerd Nuptial, so you know what she sounds like. I do. I listen every single week, and yet, I don't know, maybe it was just the music in the background made me think, like, I don't know what I was thinking, to be honest. I don't know why <laughs> I didn't recognize her voice, but she's doing a fantastic job. That's really good. Yeah, she. Uh, that's a uh, that's clue one. Um, the the book version is different from the uh, from the movie version. I think I can't remember exactly. Uh, but the I, I stole I stole the movie version because that was easier to to grab from Google. <laughs> for her okay. To read. But yeah, I've been uh, I've been revisiting Gone Girl. I uh, I'm a big I, I I was a big fan of the film. I still am. I got a poster of it on my wall. I uh, I, I love the movie. And so when I saw the movie, I immediately. Uh, went and bought the book and I first listened to the audiobook version and it's 20 hours unabridged and it's an amazing audiobook it's for any of you who even remotely liked the movie you will like the book it's very true the book was written by Gillian Flynn and she also wrote the screenplay for the film and it's uh and yes that is how her name is pronounced. I feel like an idiot every single time I say it. <laughs> it's not Jillian. It's not Jillian. And and so it's just it's one of those books that you can go back to over and over again. And the audiobook is fun when you're commuting and uh the book itself in text form is great because it's it's it can be a very casual read and it allows you to kind of go a little bit more in depth with the characters and kind of create your own reading of it instead of having it read to you. And uh, I, I've just been kind of, I don't know, I've been, I've been reading that a little bit here and there, just like when I get some bored with some of my other stuff. And uh, yeah, and also I wanted an excuse for the girl to do a reading from Gone Girls. <laughs> okay, so is it just a reading or are you going to eventually have her narrate the whole book? Oh, good, good Lord, no. Tw that's <laughs> okay. 20 hours. I would never subject her to that. <laughs> okay, I didn't know if this was a big ongoing project or not. No, I was just for punch it. Oh, okay. Oh, cool, cool. I'm, I I feel bad now that I didn't catch <laughs> no, on. No, that's hysterical that you didn't know it. Uh, my excuse is that I'm really hungry as we're recording this and have been working all day, and my brain cells are no longer here. <laughs> oh, really? You want an excuse? I'll give you an excuse. My brain told me to wake up at two a.m. this morning and did not go back to sleep. So yeah, I'm that's... living off of that right now. Yeah. Okay. So we're both on fumes. 
Yeah, but yet we are podcasting and giving you guys free entertainment. Now, there one other thing that I'm uh, I'm reading and perusing is a Star Wars book by Alan Dean Foster. And this was sent to me by fellow co-host John Mills, who is a part of the Nerd Party. He's a part of Great Shot Kid as well as Aggressive Negotiations. And both are Star Wars shows, so it's no surprise that he sent me a Star Wars book. Imagine but the reason that. why he sent me this, it's called Splinter of the Mind's Eye. This book was written in 1978. Oh, no kidding. Wow. And it's a, di- it's a direct sequel to Star Wars 77. Oh, no kidding. And so... he said, I haven't finished it, but he said that there was a lot of parallels between our story that we, that we wrote on the fly, our movie, mm-hmm. and this book, this novel. And I think that's really funny because I have never heard of this book or read this book, and I know you haven't either. Oh, no. No, I've never read no Star Wars literature. And so I find that really interesting that a story exists out there that was written in 1978 close to what we thought a sequel would be like if we were writing it in 1978. And this book does that. That is so fascinating. So, so far, what did we get right according to this book? Well, I haven't gotten very, very far at all. I've just read the oh, first okay. couple of chapters. But the uh, the princess and Luke on adventures together just the two of them so far we got that right and also where luke is kind of questioning his feelings towards leia we got Ah. that right as well okay and so so far that's all that i can really comment on but uh uh, john told me to once i'm done reading it to send it to you so that you can read it oh okay i'd be happy to i'll do that and then we ought to follow up on Punch It and talk about this a little further. Yeah, I think so. I think that would be good. Just like a quick analysis. What did we get right? What didn't we? Yada, yada. That'd be fun. Alan Dean Foster is a very recognizable name. I'm sure that you've heard that name several oh, times yes. before. Very like, much. He, he has written a lot in sci-fi. And he, he's, he's written a lot in specifically Star Trek and Star Wars. Yes. And... He has done novelizations for the reboot movies, and uh, he's done the novelization for The Force Awakens. This guy knows science fiction, and he knows movie tie-ins. So Right, and I doubt that this book that you're talking about, that was probably not his first novel. So he's been doing this since at least the late 70s. That is a huge body of work, because I know he's Very been writing just constantly this whole time. Yeah, it's uh, it's true. It's true. Like, yeah, he. I think he started in the early seventies. I might be wrong, but yeah. So that's that. Like you said, that's a huge body of work, and some people consider his stuff kind of dry. Uh, and I think sometimes that can be true. Uh, but I feel like for a guy who can churn out this much sci-fi from a script, you know, I I think that that's really impressive because he's done. Uh, he's done novelizations of The Thing, Clash of the Titans, Dark Star, Starman, you know, Kroll, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Chronicles of Riddick. Some movie, some good movies, some not so, not so much. But he's done the it. Guys all. made a living. Y- yeah, for sure. Yeah, and he is a very recognized name. If you read any sci-fi, chances are you've at least seen his name on a book cover, if not, in fact, read something that he's written. Now, is there anything else that you're reading or perusing or... Well, maybe not so much reading as I am uh, watching. I am watching a lot of different things right now, and some of it is in preparation for other things you're going to see on the Nerd Party Network, not necessarily on this show. 
So one thing that I've been doing is I'm going through the British office because <laughs> eventually Lee and I will talk about that and the nuances of the British version of the office in a future filibuster. Also, I've been, I'm just about to start digging back into Babylon 5 at long last. Uh, Philip Gilfus and I have had this plan for a long time to watch Babylon 5, talk about Babylon 5. We both love the show. I have not watched it in its entirety in decades. Probably the, maybe the early 2000s. It's been a long time. So I sucked it up. I had some Amazon gift card money, got the Babylon 5 DVDs, including the movies, and I'm going to just start watching it. And as we go through, we're going to podcast together and talk about it that that's really awesome that that's what you're using filibuster for because when we did a relaunch of the network last year in october or november i can't remember which month november rebranded november we rebranded uh filibuster so that it could be an avenue for all hosts members of the network um everybody could have access to talk about whatever the hell they wanted yeah and the fact that you are going to do a show with Lee and you're going to do an episode with Philip is amazing because have you ever podcasted with Lee before? Not yet. See, that's the thing is that like that excites me. The two of you get together with your type of opinions and your brash personalities. I'm I'm so excited to see that come together and i know how hardcore you're into babylon 5 and so is philip and <laughs> you texted me a couple days ago <laughs> or actually last yes. week where you said hey do you have access to babylon 5 and usually what that means is like if we ask each other that because i've asked you i'm like hey do you have you seen gone girl have you read gone girl and right. what that means is let's do a punch it about it yep. and when i get this text all my response was no and no to whatever you're about to ask me. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, dude, settle down, Beavis. I'm asking because if you can loan me Babylon 5, that would be fantastic. That way I don't have to buy it. And lo and behold, <laughs> you just won't capitulate to Babylon 5. Why? No, I am not a fan. I am not Ugh. a fan. I'm sorry. I'm so disappointed. I, I am not one of those guys who says like, oh, it's crap. Don't watch it. It's horrible. I'm not one of those guys. I, it's just, I, it does not connect with me whatsoever. I, I try, I watched it when I was a kid because my parents really liked it, but uh-huh. I, it was, it was never really my show. I just watched it because it was on. And okay. when it was on Netflix a couple of years ago, I, I, I started it up again. I couldn't get past the first episode. I was just like, whoa, this is not for me. Well, here's the thing about Babylon 5 is the first season really takes its time to cook. It does not really start to get itself going until the very end. But basically from season two onward, you have got one hell of a series. But it does take a long time to take off. And season one, uh, just a little spoiler. No, I don't think it's very good. So if that's all you've seen, dude, you've got no idea. (laughs) <laughs> seriously I'm, I'm sure i'm sure i had difficulty getting through the first season too the first time i watched it i just thought why why i had a friend his name is drew he insisted that i watch babylon 5 because it had finally gone over to tnt and i could watch an episode every day And he's like you've got to watch this show okay fine and i started watching it. i just thought why are you making me do this does cruel and unusual punishment mean anything to you why why are you doing this to me? I'm your friend. Eventually, I understood, but it took a while to get there. 
Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'll be able to get there, but I, I, I appreciate you and Philip doing that on Philibus because I know that there is a lot of Babylon 5 fans out there, and I think you'll be able to create a great show. Now, uh, one other thing that I've been reading is, uh, as you know, I'm a big comic book fan. Oh, yeah. And I, uh, I, I'm mainly, there, there's kind of like three things that I read, and that's uh, Batman Classics, uh, Saga, and The Walking Dead. Okay. And I've been pausing on The Walking Dead comic book for a long time because as I was reading it, like uh, I was catching up to the show where, uh-huh. where the show is currently. And so it, it started um, spoiling things for the show. And I, I, wanted to, I wanted to watch it in the show uh, because that was the much more active medium. And then I would go back and read it. But the thing is, this is like as I – because the comics are so amazing – that I kept wanting to read it, and then I was just like, oh, well, you know, like, there's no point in watching the episode now because it just spoiled this, and I can see this is going to happen, and I can predict that's going to happen, and everything like that. So I stopped reading it, but now that I've stopped watching the show, because once season seven happened, like, the opening episode, I was just like, nope, I'm it. That- that's it. I'm done. I'm I remember done. you it. saying that on Nerd Nuptial. I uh, went back to read the comics, and... I got through the what they call the war um, storyline, and okay. uh, and got yeah and like basically the season that they're on. I got past that. I got through it. I wa- I I read it and I got through it. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's a like I'm caught up now, and I'm super pissed that I'm caught up because I don't have any more to read, and <laughs> uh, it's going to take forever to build up a volume for me to to read it because i don't like reading issue to issue i don't like reading comic books issue to oh, issue okay interesting i like reading a volume when it comes out so you binge on comic books yes i do yes i do <laughs> i do not do the whole week to week month to month thing i wait until a story arc is finished and then i read that oh okay interesting but this latest storyline in the walking dead is some of the best comic book storylines i have ever read it is phenomenal. It is entertaining. It got my heart racing. It it wow. literally elevated my heart rate. I started <laughs> walking around the house because I was like, no, you better not. You better not. Like, as I'm saying this out loud, wondering if, what's, if what I think is going to happen is going to happen. And it, it's, I cannot wait for the TV show to get to this storyline because I might come back to the TV show just to watch this storyline because it is so entertaining. So if anybody out there is a fan of comic books and not reading The Walking Dead, read it, find it, get a deal online. And if you uh, even remotely like the TV show, you will love the comic books. It is so good. So good. Some of the best storytelling out there in comic book form. Very cool. All right. Is there anything else that you want to throw in there? Uh no, I'm uh I'm pretty tapped out when it when it comes to media right now. I mean like uh it's uh like those are the things that I'm I'm reading and uh I okay. uh, I talked about this in the latest episode of Nerd Nuptial where uh we're watching the Young Pope. Oh yes. That's on HBO right now. It's already aired over in Italy, uh but now they're giving it to us two episodes a week on HBO and I think we're four episodes in and I think there's going to be 10 episodes. And I am quickly falling in love hmm. with this show. Okay, it is r- good to know. really good. It's really slow. 
but it's engaging at the same time. Okay, that sounds good. Oh, by the way, before we close out the show, I want you to know that I have continued with Gilmore Girls. I've watched the first couple of episodes of season two, and I think I'm working on the third. I had to stop midway through. So I am working on that. Okay, rock on. Well, I'm excited to talk about that in the future. And just so you know, I am going to make you read and watch Gone Girl so that we can talk about it. Only if you rewatch BoJack Horseman and we talk about that on the show. As as long as it's not Babylon 5, I will do it. I will rewatch BoJack Horseman. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> There's only three seasons of BoJack Horseman so far. It's not quite the catalog of Babylon 5, but I'll take it. All right. Well, uh, folks, we're giving you a little bit shorter episode this week, and uh, we know that you don't mind because uh, next week we're going to punch it up yet again. And uh, we want you to go to thenerdparty.com and check out all of our other episodes and all of our other podcasts, too. We have podcasts for every type of mood and situation, the nerd situation that you could possibly be in. We got Star Trek shows, Star Wars shows. We got General Geek podcasts. We got a Married podcast. We got one where you catch up on classic cinema and sometimes not so classic cinema. Check it out. Go to thenerdparty.com. Also, go to facebook.com slash thenerdparty. Please give us a like. We're really close to reaching a milestone on our likes on Facebook, so please, if you have not yet, go to facebook.com slash thenerdparty. And also, if you want to write us, we love getting emails from you guys. We've been getting a lot of emails. If you want to message us, please go to thenerdparty.com slash contact from there. Select punch it from the drop-down menu. Fill out the form, and we will get your message. And speaking of which, we have a title for our Star Trek TOS movie era episode that we did. Yes. Thank you, everybody, who suggested a title. Yes, we got a lot of great uh, titles. We, we got a lot of entries, and some of them were really good. Some of them were okay. And <laughs> Yes, but there were some really good standouts, so this was not an easy decision. This was not easy at all, and uh, we want to thank everybody who, who wrote in. So this might sound like a little bit of nepotism because it's a fellow co-host <laughs> of the network, but maybe yeah. he, he has an edge because he knows us and he knows what we like. But uh, we both agreed that this was the episode name that was the best. And he came up with Never Forget the Name. Yep. The most appropriate title. I wish I would have thought of it. It was that good. Absolutely. So thank you so much, Philip, uh, for giving us that name. You can find him on Twitter at NC Public Servant. And you can also find him on our Star Trek show on the network called SETI Alpha 3. Well, thank you so much, everyone. For tuning in, Shar, where can we find you online? You can find me outside of Punch It on Twitter, and my handle is O oh, the Profanity. You can find me on Twitter as well at the Insane Robin. You can also find me elsewhere on the network at Nerd Nuptial, which is a show that I host with my wife, where we look at nerd life through a married lens. Again, thank you, and I cannot wait until next week for us to punch it. We gonna punch it. Ready for warp, sir? Let's punch it. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.